Welcome to the Property Site Hustle Pod with host Paul Rose. This pod's all property but with no filter. Hi and welcome to the Property Side Hustle Pod. I'm your host Paul and this is your alternative property podcast whereby one week will be educational and offer you a knowledge-based show that will be informative but straight to the point without any of the fluff and the next week we're going to be discussing the darker side of property namely the property education sector and why there are so many rogues and so-called property gurus out there looking to fleece you good honest people. So we aim to call out the bull And by making you more aware of the shady, dodgy tactics these companies use, hopefully we can save you the pain others have had to endure. So let's get going and take a look at what we have in store on this week's pod. As you know, we like to mix it up with education and knowledge one week and the ranting and raving about the darker side of the property industry another week. But instead of giving you random podcasts that don't really flow or follow on from one another, what we've decided to do is a series of educational podcasts all about sourcing, deal packaging, and in particular, setting up a deal packaging business from scratch. So in this first episode, we wanted to cover how and why would you start a deal packaging business? So we'll start with the why first. So the number one likely reason is you've heard how lucrative deal packaging can be with typical fees per deal of two to three percent of the purchase price. So depending on the purchase price of the property that you're gonna package and sell on, you could easily be generating a six figure income by packaging these types of deals regularly each month. And that's why, this is the bottom line really, that's why many people see deal packaging as the best place to start if you've got limited funds to get involved with property. With deal packaging, it does enable you to build up a pot of money and then you've got you've got options, haven't you, to do your own things. So with a pot of money, you can then start looking at maybe setting up your own rent-to-rents and building up a portfolio there, regular cash flow, or maybe even investing in your own property deals and start building a portfolio. Whatever it is, you've got options. You've got a pot of money there. But here is why I think deal packaging works an absolute treat. So by learning how to analyze a deal, crunching the numbers and understanding the real return on investment on various different types of deals and also understanding what strategy works best, you're giving yourself such a good base on which to build. All that knowledge is only going to help you moving forward when you're analysing your own deals and opportunities. You've got that knowledge, you've got that base knowledge um, to kick on with. And this is why I think deal packaging is the number one route into property if you've got limited funds and you're looking to get involved. Many people have started out deal packaging and then gone on to to do different things. Um, And that's not to mention packaging deals up for investors is exciting, really. Um, You know, you may have a monotonous day job and one week rolls into another and another and nothing ever really changes. You sat at the same desk looking at the same people and you are bored to tears and you want to get your teeth into something else. But with deal packaging, no two deals are the same. On paper, you know, it can it can seem really straightforward. You do this, you do that, you do this, you get this result. But with deal packaging, trust me, no two deals are the same. 
you know, um, you'll use a whole range of skills when deal packaging from analyzing the areas and the local market to crunching the numbers and looking at what strategy works best and eventually then selling the deal onto an investor and getting the, the payday at the end of it. And nothing beats that feeling of, of doing your first deal. And it's that realization really of, of not only doing the deal, but realizing that you can do this again. You know, you can rinse and repeat, you can do it again and again and again. And when you get that first fee and it hits the bank, it may only be three thousand pound, you know, a couple of couple of thousand pound, but the fact is you can do it again and you've got that knowledge and you can streamline that process and repeat and get better and build more investor relationships over time and earn more and more money getting quicker as you go. Now it's that realization that gives you such a buzz. You know, I'll never forget doing my first deal and <laughs> to be quite honest, it was a living nightmare. Um, the deal nearly fell apart so many times it was it was it was unreal. But I, I was dealing with buyers from overseas, which was you know a baptism of fire, and you know that came with its own issues. The contracts at the time that I used were not the best, and a deal that should have been super quick on paper because it was a cash purchase. It took an absolute age. I think it took around 12 weeks. Um, it was around about 12 weeks. And it was a roller coaster of emotions. And nothing prepares you for that roller coaster of emotions. You just see it as you do this, you do that, and this happens. But the emotions that you go through, you know, nothing nothing can, can really prepare you for that. It was torture. You know, sleepless nights, stressing constantly over will it come off, won't it come off, what's going to happen. You know, my, my wife will tell you that I was a nightmare to live with for a few weeks. So, you know, it's it's tough. It is tough. It You know, deal packaging and property sourcing is, is not, you know, it's not easy. It's it's hard. Um, but thankfully, eventually it did come off and the sale completed. Uh, no thanks to the useless solicitors, but the money hit the bank and it was a good fee. Um and my wife, always forgiven, my wife couldn't believe that this money just dropped into our bank account. Um, we went and booked a holiday to go and have a well-deserved lie down and recover from the previous 12-week stress. Um, you know, and lots of lessons were learned on that first deal. Big lessons were learned. And it was the, you know, it was the first one. And it proved to me I could rinse and repeat. And do you know what? A huge part of deal packaging is initially about proving the concept to yourself really and proving the process and until you've done one deal you never quite understand it or believe it even so let's take a look at how you can get started i want to give you some really really good actionable content so here you go if you take a look at the show notes of the podcast so if you look at the episode description that's what we call the show notes if you take a look in there um, what you're going to find is a link to a free guide, a free guide to property sourcing. And there's also a special offer in the free guide too. So make sure you open it up and read it because it's time sensitive. So as soon as you finish listening to the podcast, have a look in the show notes, go and fill in your details, get the, get the free guide and, uh, and take a look. There's loads of, loads of content in there. Um, and like I say, a special offer in there as well. Um, 
if you if for whatever reason you you you, you can't find the show notes or, or you're having an issue then email us email us i should say on prop source nation at writeme.com and i'll sort you out with the free guide so not to worry so how to get started where do you start you know you're going to need to run through the following things if you are looking to set up your deal packaging business now many don't know this and in actual fact the majority of sources out there are blissfully unaware that there are there are actually some legalities to sourcing that you must adhere to some parts of deal packaging and property sourcing and property finding services they actually fall under the estate agency act so you need to make sure you are compliant with those legislations and i always say to people that starting out when i meet people networking etc i always say look ignorance of the law is not an excuse you can't just say oh i didn't know when hmrc turn up at your door um it's just not going to wash so be careful incidentally just on off the back of that why I think about it most training courses out there neglect to cover the compliance issue on their on their training and they set you up and they just send you out there and, you, and you're sourcing straight away if you've done a course like that and you're out there sourcing and you're not compliant then you need to stop and you need to get compliant um, because like I say ignorance of the law is not an excuse so you know it's for it's for your own good so let's kick off so what do you need to do to, to to be compliant well just on a basic level you're going to need to register for the following so prs so prs is the property redress scheme and now that's a government-backed property ombudsman scheme basically and you can find the details in the show notes of how to register for this and what it costs and we'll put a link in there as well you're also going to need to register with the ico and that's basically data protection which is a huge thing these days so this again you'll find the details of um, of this in the show notes um, a link etc so hop onto the show notes for that and you're also going to need insurance as well so you're going to need some public indemnity insurance and again take a look in the show notes there's a bit of a theme here isn't there look in the show notes for all the links and the further info on them and last but not least you may have heard of AML, which is anti-money laundering. Now, you must make certain checks on where investors' money is coming from and on the investor themselves as well, um, such as ID, proof of address checks, etc. So you need to register and complete some basic training on AML. And again, check the show notes for all the information on that. Failure to do any of these you know, I can't stress this enough. Failure to do any of any of these that we've just mentioned can result in large fines, and and much much worse if you completely flout in all legislations. Then you're leaving yourself wide open. Not only to you know you're leaving yourself wide open, you're not really doing the best the best thing by your investors either. So it's vitally important that you must 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 be compliant and fully legal before even starting to think about sourcing property. Now you might be thinking, oh my God, that sounds all really scary, but the bottom line is if you do all the above, you're good to go, you're legal, you're fully compliant, and what's more is you'll stand head and shoulders above all the dodgy sources trying to pass off deals online or Facebook groups, etc. because there's plenty of them. 
um, you know, and and there is there is a majority, I would say, of people that they're just not compliant. They've got no idea of the the, the legislations and the legal side of things, and they're just running around out there sourcing deals on option agreements and trying to flog them on Facebook, and it's just crazy. Now you probably thought that we were going to dive into sourcing all gold mine areas, but you know you've got to do the necessary admin and the paperwork before you even consider anything else. So let's say you've taken care of that. In fact, just before we just before we move on, if there is a lady out there called Tina Walsh, who I've worked with myself in the past, um, Tina's a great lady. She is known as the property sourcing compliance queen. If you pop onto Amazon and you search property sourcing compliance, you'll find Tina's book. It's on Amazon. Go and buy it. Um, or Tina does some training as well. You can um, inquire with Tina about her compliance training as well. So let's assume you've done all that and you've done all the necessary and you're compliant. So what's up next? Well, what's next is understanding the only process that works when sourcing. And let me tell you, the vast majority of people sourcing property get this wrong. They get the process wrong. And it's an absolute no-brainer, but most people out there do get it wrong. What am I talking about? I'll give you an example. So, you know, you, you may have done a course. You may, you may well have gone and done a course and you're hungry. You want to get out there and you want to go find a deal. So you're searching high and low and there it is glistening away, shining like a big pot of gold. It's a two up, two down in real. Apologies if, you, if you're from real. Um, and you've crunched the numbers and it makes a great return. You've done all the DD and you're checking for comparables, looking for rental data. You're looking at the local market, competition. Uh, so you're putting an offer and the offer is accepted. You are absolutely over the moon. It's easier than you thought. You've got an offer accepted. You're feeling like the king or the queen of the world and you post about your deal on all forms of social media. It's on Insta, it's on your Facebook, it's on Twitter, it's on your LinkedIn, it's everywhere you can put it. And you're looking for a cash buyer quickly or you're looking for a buyer quickly. But all you get is people asking for further details can I have the details can I have the details and nothing much else the agent calls you up and asks you for the following so the agent's going to ask you for proof of funds maybe a letter of intent your ID and proof of address and you say you'll send it over now the clock's ticking the clock is most definitely ticking so another day rolls by and another and the agent's back on the phone pestering now for your solicited, your solicited details because you haven't provided them. And he's also asking for the proof of funds and the ID again because you still haven't sent that over. Now, there's only so long you can keep an agent at bay doing this. Maybe three to five days if you're lucky. I used to be an agent in a former life and let me tell you, the last thing the agent will want is somebody to mess them around and make them look bad in front of their client, the vendor. But this is what the vast majority of sources do. They put offers in left, right and center and assume it'll be okay. Now, if you happen to find an investor quickly, let's say you're really lucky and you happen to, you know, something comes from your posting everywhere and you find that investor quick, who's good to go, then you're onto a winner. Amazing, well done, hats off. 
but the odds are stacked against you with doing this. Nine times out of ten, let me tell you, this will end in the agent calling you up and telling you that they're putting the property back on the market because you failed to provide the most basic of information. Of basic of information, so you failed to give him the proof of funds, the letter of intent, your ID, the proof of address, um, and your solicitor details. And the other kick is, the other kick you'll get from the agent is they're going to likely blacklist you, blacklist you if you do this more than once. You're damaging a key relationship by making offers without having buyers lined up, ready to go. I know sources who've literally been blacklisted by every single agent in town for either doing what we've just discussed or putting in lowball offers, which is another thing. Putting in stupid lowball offers with no rhyme or reason of, of you know, why. So what's the answer? So that's the process that's most commonly used by sources, but it doesn't kind of work out. Like I say, nine times out of ten, it's gonna it's gonna fall on its arse, and and you're gonna you're not gonna go anywhere. You're gonna be a busy fool, basically. So what's the answer? Well, the answer is you need to keep it simple. Now we've all heard of the phrase K I S S: keep it simple, stupid. The sourcing process does not begin with sourcing. As odd as that may seem, trust me, the sourcing process does not begin with sourcing. It begins with networking and building an investor database. Now, I don't mean you need a big list of investors. You know, you're just starting out. You you just need one investor. One investor will do you just fine. When you've got that one investor, you need to qualify that investor by asking a series of questions so you know the following information. Information. So, first up, you would ask, what area are they looking in? Then you would ask, what type of investment property they're looking for? Then you would ask, what budget they're working with? The source of their funds, is so is it cash, mortgage, bridging? What return on investment they're looking for, or yield? And their timescales to invest, so how quickly do they are they looking to invest you know they may not be looking to invest for another 6 12 months 18 months you know and it's not to say don't take on investors who are looking further down the line of course you take them on and you know and keep them warm and build that relationship but you you know ideally you want investors who are ready to invest now and they're looking for opportunities now now these six questions will give you all you need to know from that investor you've qualified them so after you've qualified the investor, you know their current position, what they're looking for, how soon they want to buy, you can then secure them on a contract. So rather than thinking you need to secure a property on some contract, you need to flip that on its head and secure the investor, your client on a contract. If you secure the client on the right contract, then you are bulletproofing, bulletproofing your sourcing fee. So you've got the investor, you've got the contract signed, and the next thing you need to do is go source something that meets that investor's needs. Again, this is a much, much better approach because instead of a scattergun approach to sourcing and looking at anything and everything, you're looking at specific things tailored to your client, you know, what budget you're working with, you know, what area you're looking in. 
you know, it narrows down the search, it makes sourcing a whole lot easier, trust me, and you waste a lot less time sourcing to the invested needs. It just works so much better. You know, if you wanna find out about the contracts to use for investors, check out the special offer involved in the free guide to property sourcing. Um, like I've said before, the details are in the show notes. So let's recap. How are you getting started in property? So we will assume you chose deal packaging as your go-to strategy. First up, you're gonna go and get compliant and make sure you are legal. Then you are gonna start networking and looking for that first investor client and getting them signed up. Now, at this point, I'm still not gonna jump into sourcing <clears throat> because a big part of networking and finding investors is what's important to you right now. So you've got you've got complying, you've started looking for, for investors. Now a common question I, I always get is, where do I find investors? Or how do I build a database of investors? And a top, this is a top tip. Look, take this away with you. Do not think that somebody else out there with a huge investor database is the answer to all your prayers. It's not. It's definitely not, and here's why. People buy from people. If somebody has a list, then great, well done. They've got a list, but guess what? It's just a list. It's a cold, cold list of email addresses, names, and numbers. It's not really anything to behold, trust me, I know. People buy from people. They buy when they know, like, and trust you. So the best advice I can give is just start with one investor and slowly build that up. You know, you don't need tens of thousands of investors. You need a handful of investors to work with that are, that are active. A handful of investors. You know, could you go and find five investors in the next in the next couple of days? Of course you could. It's easily done. So the best the best advice I can give is just start with one and just 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 start basically. So. A way of doing that is you can create a landing page these days for free using the likes of MailChimp. Now, they offer some great templates, all drag and drop, really quite simple stuff. If you're not tech savvy, you can get somebody to do it on People Per Hour or Fiverr.com or you know just put the word out there on social media. So what you would do is create a landing page and advertise a free download. So what is that free download? So maybe an introduction to property investing in your area, your gold mine area. And this is gonna bring you investors or people interested in investing in that specific area. Even if you only have a trickle of signups to begin with, you'll be calling each investor and qualifying them, asking them the questions we've just gone through to see if they're interested in working with you. Remember, if you offer to source for them for free, and they only pay a fee if you introduce something that works for them and they purchase, who's gonna say no to this? Who's gonna say no to, you know, being handed opportunities on a plate? You're only gonna pay a fee if you're interested. So, <clears throat> another great way is to get out and, and network, obviously, you know, we all know about networking, it, it's huge. And the best tactic is ask people about them first. Don't go to some property networking events and turn up and, and 
start charging around the room telling everybody about about yourself the best approach is listen just listen because people are more inclined to listen to you if you have first engaged with them and listen to what they've got to say first so ask them questions about themselves people like talking about themselves they might not like to admit it but they do um, and once you've listened to them they're more inclined to listen back to you you know you've got two ears and one mouth use them in that ratio listen first then speak all the while being careful not to pitch or hard sell your service you know go with a like it or leave it approach is it's it's the best option the end of the day you want people who are interested in your service not not just anybody so just on the back of that to tie those two things together take business cards with you that's a given but on your business cards have that landing page web link for you for the free guide so if they are an investor that you've been talking to you know you can you're standing out from somebody straight away by saying here's my business card and there's a little link on the back of there so if you follow that link you'll get a free guide to investing in this area what do you think they're going to do they're going to go away and click on that that link and download your free guide you're building that relationship relationship straight away um, you know, when they can drop into your workflow, it's all about the process and the workflow, you know. So remember, it's a, it, you know, it's all part of that no like trust scenario again, isn't it? You know, because you can email them um, once they're, you, you know, they've, they've been on and downloaded the, uh, the, the free guide. You can start emailing them about um, your service and maybe interesting blogs that you've written about local market activity, etc. You know, and it's that no like trust, no like trust. So you, so you've got networking locally. We've discussed landing pages, but another great way to meet and find investors is LinkedIn. And if you're not on LinkedIn already, go and get yourself an account, go and get yourself a profile, and carry out a search for property investors in your area. Now you can search for people by job title. And this often brings up hundreds, if not thousands of people. If you are based anywhere in the UK outside of London, then do search in London too, because there are lots of Southern based property investors who invest further north because the London market is so expensive. So they leverage better returns further north. You know, if you do a quick search on LinkedIn, if you hop onto LinkedIn now, and do a quick search property investors based in London boom you're gonna you're gonna be have pages and pages and pages what I would say is LinkedIn <laughs> I speak from experience again LinkedIn um, will block your account will block you from um, adding people if you add too many at one time I think the limit is around about 100 but don't quote me on that so be careful so don't go helpful other thinking I'll just add 10,000 people um, just be careful with it do so many each day and just using these three tactics that we talked about today you could have hundreds of investors to work with in a short space of time but don't fall into that trap of building a list don't see it as a list you need to make sure they know like and trust you and what you do and by doing this and making that effort, you're increasing the likelihood of these investors wanting to work with you. Now, in the next podcast, we are going to cover the next steps. So we're going to look at how you then start to source the deals and the opportunities, places that you can source both online and offline, 
and we'll be diving into much much more as well so that's all for episode two of the property side hustle pod hope you enjoyed it and it's given you an insight into how you can get started in the wonderful world of deal packaging and please if you if you don't already please do subscribe to the show like and share it too come on show us some love if you like the show remember to check the show notes so you can get your hands on that free guide to property sourcing and that awesome special offer in there too it is time sensitive the special offer i'm not going to tell you what it is but it's worth it's worth seeing um so yeah it's time sensitive so go and do that as soon as you get a spare minute um there may be a break for a couple of weeks because i'm away on holiday but uh we'll be back soon with another pod Till next time stay safe and take it easy.